0: Hi, everyone. It's Dan Duva, radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Golden Knights. This is SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D-Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. A mile-high podcast from Denver, Colorado, with the Knights to play the Avalanche coming off a loss in St. Louis, 10-2-1 in 13 games since the trade deadline, six games to play in the regular season. And we cover all the playoff races, all the VGK lineup issues, rest and injury concerns, and Malcolm Subban filling in for Marc-Andre Fleury. And a new wrinkle for this episode, we're giving away a signed Marc-Andre Fleury jersey to a lucky listener details on how to win coming up we also have listener questions from twitter and instagram from the mailbag it's slgnd the sheriff lawless and some guy named dave podcast presented by the d hotel
1: and now here's dave well, dan you're the best thank you very much thank you from welcome to the mile high city of denver colorado we so the uh Hashtag SLGND, Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast on the road in Denver, day off in Denver. What else is there to do but do a podcast? So here we are, and Dan and Tyler Pico have been nice enough to set up all the equipment. Gordo's over there. We're not sure what he's doing, but that's fine. The uh, Golden Knights on a little road trip here. They were in St. Louis last night and in Colorado tomorrow. Dan and Gary will be busy. Shane and I will be doing nothing for that contest on NBCSN. Uh, and not sure. We've got to sit there and watch Hanging it. out. We'll watching. over our, our shoulder? We'll be watching but not yapping about it. Oh. We might be yapping about it, but nobody could hear us. Right. Like no over microphone. The, over the television sets. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, the Golden Knights had a chance last night to clinch a playoff spot with a point. Unable to do it in St. Louis. If you're watching games tonight... Will this be aired tonight? Will this be on there right now? Yeah, well, we'll sure, be now, yeah. 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 So any <laughs> any con- if Arizona loses tonight, so the Coyotes are home against Chicago, any loss by Arizona, regulation, shootout, overtime, and that would clinch it uh, for the Golden Knights. But before we get to all Golden Knights on the ice stuff, big contest here today on the podcast. We're giving away a signed Mark Andre Fleury jersey. We're giving it away. Yes, giving no charge. Free, free, no charge. That's how we like things around here. You gotta keep listening to find out in about I don't know, twenty minutes or so we'll kinda tell you how you how you do it. But uh, we're gonna be giving away a signed Mark Andre Fleury jersey, which I don't even have one of those. No.
2: Do you have one, Chase? Oh, Gary, you have one.
1: Gary, do you have one? Nope. Okay. Good. Absolutely. Good to know. Good try, boys. Good (laughs) try. Good try.
2: We give Gary grief for zoning
1: out. He's a multitasker. We're zoning (laughs) out. He's
3: on the phone. He's He's
2: on his phone more than my (laughs) seventeen-year-old. It's impressive. It is
3: impressive. The other day, I was on the phone on the bus. We were going uh, from the airport to the hotel, and Dave likes to play this little trick where he'll start a. Basically, you tell a little fake story. Yes. Outlandish and, uh, story. An outlandish so uh, story. I was on the beach. I was hitchhiking and uh, <laughs> I camped and I had some wieners and beans. And then someone uh, shot me and I had to go to the hospital. And he, he keeps adding on each layer to the story. More and, outrageous. And it was about layer 35 before I looked at him like, what are you doing, you idiot? <laughs> we were in Dallas. Shane, right? I think, was filming it, so right, it's. Yes. Uh, I've got, I've got is, lots of
2: video of Gary. He's got an impressive swipe technique yeah. and, uh, swipe right, and swipe right, swipe left. Oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna say up and down, but. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were in Dallas, and I had hitchhiked from Dallas to Maine. Then I realized it was too cold. To the hell with this? I'm mean, going to hitchhike to Miami. I went and lived off the beach. I went and caught my yeah, own It was hair. all,
3: it was all <laughs> funny into the swipe, swipe left, okay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, none of us have a Marc-Andre Fleury signed jersey. Your chance to win a signed Marc-Andre Fleury jersey later on in the podcast. All right, boys, here we are. Speaking of Marc-Andre Fleury. Oof. In the Last five games, he has not been able to go for the Golden Knights. Congratulations, though, by the way. They had the birth of their first son, James, his uh, wife, Vernique, and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. They had a couple of girls, and now uh, they had a son to the mix. So uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and his wife enjoying that. But missing Fleury here these last five games. Uh, it's been times Malcolm Subban has been, been really good. Had his first career shutout. And then maybe last night, the game in St. Louis, that um, uh, especially the first one, one he'd love to have back. But um, how would you size up how they've been able to kind of get through this stretch, Shane, without their top goaltender?
2: Well, fine. They've only got one loss. And, you know, they picked up a point in Detroit, but I don't play that well. Actually, I think that might have been one of Subban's best games, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, The team was not good. Too many mistakes. Uh, Goals uh if you're gonna pick a time for Marc-Andre Fleury we've heard all year people preach well is he playing too much is it you know is he needs some rest he needs this he needs that well he's got it now uh it's more than enough and you want to make sure he's a hundred percent uh Fleury knows what this time of the year is all about he's been to the, to the final five times he's won at three uh he knows how to crank it up uh, i think uh, you know they've been great it's, uh, it's good to see him back sooner than later that, said but uh, Malcolm Subban's done a good job it, it, it's an unusual role for a backup to to come in and play that much but I think he's been good you know mistake last night uh, it seemed every mistake they made uh Vegas was in the back of that. was just it was a tight game there was not much offense to be had I thought they played well uh but come out in the wrong end
3: one of the players I was asking one of the players off the record about Flurry's workload and he kind of looked at me and he's like what are you talking about he, goes, he knows his body yeah this guy has been around a long time. He knows, he knows his body. For me, it's not necessarily that. It's, it's mental. It's mental. And, you know, how do you know? Like, everything's fine until it's not fine. So, to me, this is a blessing in disguise. He gets a breather here. And hopefully it doesn't go much longer because I do think you want him to cr- crank it back up. As you, you just used the phrase before the postseason, you you, you he yeah. needs a little bit of work here soon.
2: And I'm not going to play any pressure on this, but having been in the situation when your wife is pregnant, you're playing, and you're getting to that yeah. crunch time, it's, it, it, it's a relief to know you. Baby's born. You're healthy. You're moving on. Now, now it's about hockey for him. That that that's a big moment for him in his life. To, that's another thing. Just kind of out of the way and ready to focus completely on the playoffs.
3: Not to mention, you know what I mean. Like the, the birth of my daughter is like one of the most memorable yeah, days of my life. And I, well, I got to plan for it. You know what I mean. I got to we we had a scheduled uh, delivery, so like we knew that you know I took that day off work. Uh, half the day anyway so I, I was I was texting in the delivery of, Dave. <laughs> of course you were <laughs> look what's happening in here <laughs> No, and it was uh, you
2: weren't posting pictures
3: <laughs> but the opera well we posted pictures of uh, after of Laura after the
2: fact
1: yeah
3: yes. but it, you know like fantastic to be able to relax and enjoy that that moment and be be really present completely in the moment, mentally, yeah, yeah. I think that's just that's it is because tremendous.
2: a lot of players often you're you're on wait until yeah. your travel your road dictates that you can't just say. Uh, for me, I had to. I remember I had to miss the, the flight out. We played Boston on the birth of one of my children, and uh, I had to stay. They flew. I uh, had early in the morning. Then I remember flying to Boston. I was playing with Ottawa. I think five six o'clock in the morning. Got in, played that night, and we had a line brawl. It was, uh, it was great. Fought Hal Gill. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you always have those things, and now that's completely out of the way. Uh, his mind should be clear. His focus is laser sharp here as he gets reset to come back.
0: And keeping in mind that Mark was playing very well uh, going into this. Uh, brief absence, um, you know, the consecutive shutouts, and then uh, just one goal uh, in uh, in Calgary, the two uh, with Vancouver, and then just the one against Dallas. And then when Subban comes in, uh, the, the Knights' offense had really clicked in gear, right, the 18 goals in three games. And the fact that the Knights have not won the last two is not so much that Subban was way off his game. Maybe a couple of goals, as you said, Dave, that were less than ideal. But the Knights have only scored three goals in the last two games. You know, so that is what stands out to me. If the Knights were scoring five, six goals a game, we wouldn't be talking about oh, how is Malcolm Subban? Okay, you know, it yeah. it, it has very much to do with how the Knights are playing in front of him, and and that's where you, you start to wonder. You know, the the guys that are out besides Fleury, like your Patcheretti's, your Belmars, Peary, and, and so on. So they scored three goals in the last two games.
1: Max Patcheretti's missed both. Shea Theodore missed the game last night, just the second game he's missed all season. But that line, Shane, had been so good, right, Pacioretty-Stone, and Stastny for the most part since Stone came over here. But you mentioned last night on TV – it's not so much even scoring goals, but creating yep. opportunities, creating offense that maybe they've missed the last couple of games anyways.
2: Missed that. It's depth, right? Patch ready comes in. That just makes depth throughout your lineup. Yeah. Brandon Peary, even a guy that's been able to score goals, wasn't available. So, uh, you know, those are those are key pieces. It brings depth. Yes, you miss patch ready because miss patch ready. You miss moving tuck to that third line, which makes you stronger. It, it, it's all those things. Uh, it, it really... Um, throws it's throws the, the lineup out. Yes, yeah, the, the effects
0: effect. of uh, of I mean, when Stone yeah. arrived, we said, "Well, now they've got everything falling in place." Exactly. Well, now <laughs> that that is all of a sudden, the last game or two, it's been then taken out of the fold.
3: You have to move Tuck up. And So the third line becomes yes. less efficient. And Shane, you can speak to this. It's not just one shift. Each shift builds upon another shift and it builds upon a stretch where, or a period where all of a sudden you've got their D hemmed in and then maybe they have to take a penalty or they make a mistake. And now when you don't have that, wave upon wave that you've had for a little while that gives the opportunity that gives the other team an opportunity to take some of that momentum and create, create it themselves and
2: I that claims another guy in the depth that was out is belmar yeah how, how good he's been he may his numbers may not blow you away but his play certainly does and not only that uh what he brings to that room he is as important as Derek england and mark-andre Fleury as the leadership group uh, I believe he's a guy that, that really, and I think he's a guy that gets that that fourth line energized. He's on them, on the bench, talking, making sure they're ready, the penalty kill. So that moves somebody else up, you know, Ryan Carpenter, Nosa, whoever it is, uh, guys that have played really well. Uh, they just, they, they, need, they need that back, and, and uh, it'll come. And we talk about the scoring depth. A big piece to me that misses, you take Shea Theater out of the lineup, off, offense, offense, Usually starts from the breakout coming up the ice, second wave of the attack. Nobody moves better than Shea Theater on this team to help the offensive side from the back end. So, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a big miss last night as well. So last night,
1: five regulars out of their lineup, right? Theodore, Pacioretty, Fleury, Peary and uh belmar and belmar and you could throw eric holland throw it who's back skating who knows what his status is but he's been skating back for a little while now so but you know we also mentioned this last night if you're going to go through this and none of these it appears or anything outside of holla coming off major surgery or anything long-term or serious. Belmar, we thought, might play yesterday. Looked like he was Yeah, he's close, been right? practicing for yeah. the last several days. I, they're at the point
2: in the season, though, where you can just you play on the, the side of caution right now. You make sure the guy gets back. Uh, you know, if it was a different scenario, they're fighting for the top of the division or, or whatever it is. But, you know, it kind of looks like thirds there. It's a long shot. You can maybe possibly get second. But... For the most part, it's going to be third in the Pacific.
1: You know, Gerard Gallant was asked uh, the other day about resting players. Now, last year they won the division; it was and pretty handily won the division, and they and but they did they did a little bit of it, but not a lot. And he, you know, so they as we sit here right now, they've yet to clinch a playoff spot. I mean, it's we know they're going to sooner or later, but he told us it gives the impression that if you start, you know, the, for him they want they want their guys re- ready to go. If you start resting guys, it's, it's a, what it, kind of signal is that sent? It, it's no. a
3: rabbit hole that you know, you it's hard to go down because how much is how much is enough? How much is too much? How much is too little? I think if you drag a lot, you coach to win every game and you move forward in that respect.
0: You know, it's interesting that the when you when you consider that the Knights are in this position different than last year, was first place, largest division lead of any team in the sport it's a little bit different because they can still move up. They haven't yet clinched a spot. And Dave, to your point, when George Lant was asked about resting players, he said, we're not resting players, but we also need to make sure that everybody's healthy. There's, a a line there. It's two different things. Exactly. And so if it were a playoff game, you know, Pierre-Edouard Belmar likely would have been back in the lineup by now and so on and so forth. So it's not so much about resting guys, but making sure they're healthy. And I thought that the way Gerard phrased that was the right way to put it, that we can all kind of grasp what that means. That's
2: an excellent point. I think resting is just the wrong word. I think you're managing your players at this time. Uh, You know, throughout a season, guys play through bumps, bruises. You have to. It's a grind. But when you have the opportunity with a guy who does maybe have an injury that's been there when you can manage that player back to 100% health that's what i would call it instead of rest, resting's just not the right word you don't you don't rest guys every guy wants to play you're going to manage him and and, and it's usually going to be the coach talent cuz guys are going to want to play through everything so if you can manage them to get back
0: to peak health That's very important. And my question for you, Shane, is this. We saw Will Carrier return from having missed 14 games, 26 out of 30. And Gerard Gallant was raving about his first game back. And he was ready, very good in terms of conditioning. So for these guys, whether it's a Belmar when they return what kind of frame of mind are they in knowing that hey i could have come back sooner i didn't force it now i'm really 100 percent ready to go
2: well you're energized you're ready to get back in the lineup it, it sucks being out you, it's not no fun to go out there and practice and skates and uh you know and call it a bag skate whatever you want every day just to, to maintain your conditioning you want to play that that's the reason the games are the fun part That's uh, every guy will be energized back, uh, hopefully, feeling good and hopefully, uh, you know, having an impact and and playing and feeling as good as Will
0: Carrier did his first game. Yeah, Dirk said that Carrier did not miss a beat, Dave. No, 11
2: hits.
1: Didn't look like he missed a beat. It was was tied for most hits in a game by a Golden Knight. He looked like, I said to Shane, it looked like he was a a caged tiger. Like he couldn't wait to get out. And that's why I asked the question. like, yeah, the hell with that. Guys want to, you know, rest. I mean,. He can rest all summer. And guys, as you know, Shane, better than it, guys play through anything in the yeah. playoffs, pretty much. You know, if, if they can get out there, they're going to play. But if you can get them a rest at this time of year. Uh, we mentioned the scoring depth. The Golden Knights have five players on their roster with 20 goals. Mark Stone, you know, coming over and most of his goals in Ottawa, we get all that. They get two more right on the precipice of 20, right, with, with Smith and with Tuck. Um, which would give them seven more than they had last year. As they move forward, let's put all these guys back in the lineup. That depth, if everyone stays healthy, that's good. You know, we've talked a lot about, well, are they are going to play San Jose? Are they going to play Calgary? I think if you're those two teams, and it looks like it's probably going to be San Jose, would you want to – I wouldn't want to face the Golden Knights in the first round, especially no. considering the Stone acquisition and how it's really kind of slotted everyone where they should be. And
0: considering what the Knights did in San Jose, just – Last week, and of course going to San Jose again on Saturday, then 5 nothing against Winnipeg. So when the Knights were clicking on all cylinders, it certainly looked like the sort of club that uh, you would want to avoid at all costs. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, their blue line rotation. Right now, there's three guys for those last two spots, right? you got Merrill, Miller, and Holden. If they started the playoffs tomorrow... Maybe I'll defer to the uh, former defenseman on this one. Oh boy, (laughs) for better or worse, Uh, who's who's in
2: that? Who's the odd guy out? Maybe is the
1: best. Is it
3: opponent dependent?
2: Yes, it certainly is. It it depends the style of team you're playing, uh, whether you need more of a a skating D-man, whether you need more offense. uh, you know, cause so we're talking Holden, Merrill, 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 right? Merrill, mm-hmm. Merrill. Now, Miller and Merrill and Holden. Let's try Colin that again. Colin Holden. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Colin Holden
0: and yeah, John yeah. Miller. Yeah, we, we've both had <laughs> we those both references up. this year. Oh, no. Uh, anyways. It's a fast game, you know.
2: So, you know, obviously Colin Miller brings a way different dynamic than the other two. Uh, I think, you know, John Merrill... Moves better. I think Holden's maybe the most reliable defensively. He's the bigger body. He's the uh, most veteran. He's, he's been around the most veteran, physical. I really liked his game since he's come back. I thought him and McNabb were good. Uh, they're they're big bodies, so you, you know they played together. You wouldn't see that I think theater would go back with McNabb, obviously. Um, so yeah, it, it depends on
0: the opponent.
3: If it's Calgary, it's Miller. If it's San Jose, it's Holden or Merrill.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Skating team. And the other element of it, guys, when you're putting together a power play unit, it seems, you know, Colin Miller, when he's in the lineup, he's likely going to be on the power play. But if, you know, Brandon Peary is also in your forward mix, well, Peary is the kind of guy that can be on the power play in that spot. So if Miller's out, maybe Peary's in. There are a lot of other factors, of course, but that was what. I had an eye on in terms of who was in who was at was which forwards are going to be in and how that could impact which and the only man.
2: reason we're all talking about this is the emergence of john merrill this year yeah he's had, he's had his his best season of his career and, and good for him he got opportunity and he ran with it
0: yeah and, and it's not just the points which indeed are his best but there's so much more reliability yeah. when he's on the ice where perhaps at times last year you're thinking okay well You know, who's going to win this job? They're going to rotate through Brad Hunt. You know, Spisa was in and out and so on and so forth. But, you know, it was the five Golden Knights defensemen that you've got, like Schmidt, McNabb, Anglin, Theodore, Miller, plus in the playoffs, Merrill, Hunt, Spisa. And now you figured, okay, well, Nick Holden solidifies that other spot. And so here we are a year later where it's uh, it really is a competition. I don't think that you can go wrong with any of those six out of seven.
1: Well, last year, John Merrill uh, in the playoffs, I uh, wanted to kind of take a quick peek here. Eight games Eight in the games total, right? So his emergence really, and plus they've got some other players in the pipeline, but they were able to move Brad Hunt, right? Because Merrill came in and was very steady and they like – Nick Hague, and they like White Cloud, and they like Cogdon. All these guys playing in Chicago, but you know, there was a Brad Hunt was moved for a couple of different reasons. One of which was they liked what they saw from coming out of John Merrill. So uh, the Sheriff Lawless, some guy named Day podcast coming to you from Denver off Day podcast here in the Mile High City. The Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow night. I want to kind of wrap up the segment, Gary, and defer to you on this. We've talked about it on the on Lawless and Order on television. The name Nikita Gusev. What should it mean for Golden Knights fans? Is it conceivable they could see him come over here and be a part of this team in the playoffs?
3: Well, if he plays for St. Petersburg in the KHL, and he's arguably the best player in the world, not in the National Hockey League, led the KHL in scoring again this year. Shane's seen him play up close and personal, so we'll get to talk to him about the kind of player he is. But the technical aspect of this is as soon as his season is done in Russia, his contract is, is over and Vegas owns his rights, they could sign him. If they signed him and brought him over, uh, he has a one-year entry-level contract. That would burn it. As soon as he played a game, that would burn it. So then on July 1, he'd be a restricted free agent. So that is the perfect scenario for the player because he'd sign for the minimum uh, or whatever is the the maximum allowed under the ELC. I'm not sure what that number is. It's around a million dollars. But then... He'd be a restricted free agent, uh, and they'd have to get to the negotiating table again, and then that's where he would get, uh, you know, he'd be looking for ship money from when when he came over that type of a contract. So it, it it gets pretty interesting. If you're if you're George, there's a whole bunch of things that you've got to be considering, but one of them is, will he help my team? And I think from a power play perspective, he could probably really help them. He is, and again, Shane, will talk about that in a second. But none of that matters if the head coach won't use him. And Gerard Gallant is the maybe his best quality from the player's perspective is that he's loyal. And is he gonna yeah. is he gonna take Carpenter out of the lineup for Gusev? Uh, you know, in the second round of the playoffs.
2: Well, and, and, and what type of team dynamic does that present when you bring yep. a guy who hasn't been there all year, hasn't played a game, and all of a sudden you're plugging him into the most important time of the year when, you know, hockey's a sport where you've, you've battled with these guys for so long that, you know, uh, you know that could uh, send a little, uh, you know, some waves in the ocean, if you say. Uh, but Gusev certainly has the talent, uh, you know, watching him over at the World Championships plays for Russia. uh He's comparable to Panarin. I don't think he has the foot speed, and, and I don't know if he'll ever have the impact, if he can translate his game over here like Panarin's been able to do. But uh, they they plugged him into the same positions when I watched the Team Russia play that, that Panarin played. Uh, you know, he played on the line with Shepeshev and, and Dadinoff, uh, on the power play, they use him in that Panarin spot. Uh, he, he's very highly skilled, got a great shot, great vision, sees the ice extremely well. He's not a big guy, but he moves well. He's very offensive-minded. So uh, certainly the the talent's there. But I watched Shippa He had the talent too, but he couldn't translate. You've got to be able. It's a different game in North America than it is over there.
3: It's, playing. it's the speed of play, right? Like, can he play... Yeah. On this smaller surface can he play as fast. And that's sort of, you know the Golden Knights they were they're obviously there's a they're a very fast skating team in some respects, but Statsy and Stone aren't necessarily fast, but they play fast. Play they fast. think fast. Yeah. And could Gusev do the same thing?
2: Well the big thing over there is the big ice. Everybody thinks it's it's a lot more offensive. It isn't. You have more room, more time to curl back because you've got so much more room. Over here, you make that extra turn back that extra little stick handle somebody's on you so it's the quickness to the game you need to be able to, to adjust Shane to.
0: my question is on the the other side of the ice what kind of defensive player is he at? how how is the responsibility factor because as much as Mark Stone has 70 points on the season all the defensemen have yeah. said boy we love how he comes back to help exactly. us." exactly
2: <laughs> so that would be a concern and I don't know because you, you know I think of those tournaments it's uh, Russia's not exactly a defensive-minded. They're, oh, not, they're not no. Finland. Uh, you know, Finland, yeah. that's ingrained in those guys. Sweden, those type of players. But, you know, Russia plays off their offense very, very much. And, uh, you know, he's a winger, too. How's he going to battle the walls here and all mm-hmm. those plays? So that that all goes back to me, him translating, adapting, whatever you want to call it, over to the style of hockey in North America and the NHL.
0: And so two things come to mind. One, first of all, when you go back to the situation, Shipishev beginning of last year, You can try anything, you're an expansion team. It's on the table. There's no pressure, and it still didn't work out. Now, it's probably unfair of us to lop Shippeshev in with Gusev. They're obviously coming from the same place, and there are plenty of similarities, but they're different human beings, right? Who's to say that Gusev wouldn't come here and thrive with his teammates and so on and so forth? Uh, But the the opportunity is so much smaller. It's not the first handful of games of an expansion team. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs with a team that's expected to now go far because they got to the final last year. That's number one. Uh, number two is um, w- when you think about the potential for injury, right? So given the Knights roster as we expect it to be, I think you're right. There's, it's hard to find an opening. Yes, it but, is. But given the time frame, God forbid, something happens to a particular player and you need to plug somebody in, there's an option. So I, th- I look at it from that standpoint, Gary, rather than should they do this or should they not, it's more if the situation presents itself that they could do it if the timing is right and the situation presents itself.
1: Led the KHL in scoring uh, last year, Led the, uh, this past season, right? Led the KHL. But So they own his rights. If they don't sign him, you're just, uh, just so we know, if they don't sign him, What happens? Nothing. He plays in the KHL again next year. Do they still own his rights?
3: Well, he'd have to sign another contract, and eventually his – I think if he doesn't sign and he went there in the KHL for one more year, he would become an unrestricted free agent. The the rights are not Vegas's forever. There is an expiry date on them.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy Named Dave podcast come to you from Denver today, and we're brought to you by our friends at Finley Automotive, Finley, Acura, Jaguar, Lincoln – And Chevy, uh, our great friends over there with Finley Automotive. All right. So we've been talking about this Marc-Andre Fleury jersey and the signed jersey. Here's how you win it. So pretty simple. All you have to do is subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. That's all you have to do. So go on, search Vegas Golden Knights or SLGND on iTunes, click on Ratings and Reviews, then write a review. We'll pick one of those reviews randomly, and whoever we pick – will win the Marc-Andre Fleury autographed jersey. We'll reach out to you, get in touch with you. Simple as that. Uh, You can find all the rules if you want to. uh, If if you'd like to do some light reading, go to VegasGoldenIce.com and read the rules for this. But that's how you win it. Find us on the iTunes. Go to rate and review and then write a review. Hopefully it's a good review. If you say we stink, you wouldn't be completely wrong. (laughs) But hopefully it's a positive review. And,
0: and that still would count, I suppose. And it still would count. You yeah, could we're say
1: not, we're silly and, and not good. You could say we're silly, not that good, we count. stink. and we really? might even
3: We're going to take... let some guy who calls us bad win?
1: Well, we might take it into All consideration. Right. Okay. I don't All know. Right. if we, yeah. They might get into the medal running, you know, gold, silver, <laughs> know. and bronze. <laughs> Random <But laughs> selection. They wouldn't be the first people that would tell us we stink. But anyway, that's uh, your opportunity to win a Marc-Andre Fleury signed jersey. We'll kind of go through this again a little later on in the podcast. But... Your opportunity to win it, go on to iTunes, rate, review, and then write a review. We will pick one at, at random. vegasgoldenknightscom slash contest if you'd like to read uh, all the rules. And who wouldn't uh, like to know what's all involved in this? So um, we take a look around the NHL, guys. So we're down now. We're inside the final two weeks um, of the regular season. Teams that are in a heck of a battle to just get into the playoffs – uh, and it changes on a daily basis. I'm looking right now at the Western Conference standings. The next opponent for the Golden Knights, Colorado, second wild card team as we speak, a two-point lead on Arizona and Minnesota. Chicago's five back. I, I think that's a lot of points with only seven games to go for them. That being said, um, it, the, the race, and we'll maybe get to the East in a minute, but the, the races are incredible. Minnesota looks like a team that doesn't want to get in, right? They've lost seven out of ten. They get shut out by Nashville last night. But despite that, they're still hanging around the edges of the playoff picture. Um, Who do you think of the three teams, Colorado, Arizona, Minnesota, one of those three is not going to make it? Which of those three do you think does not get in? Arizona. Arizona doesn't make it? They're trying to end a seven-year drought? I think the Coyotes are out in Colorado. So is it? Does it stay Colorado? Arizona's two finish. of those
2: three won't be in. Uh, right. Yeah. Arizona's I'm saying only
1: one's going to make it. That I, said, yeah. I I kind of phrased it. You wrong. phrased that wrong. Okay. Said, uh, you... Two of these teams aren't going to get in. Yes. Does it? Does it finish off how it is right now? Yes. Colorado's. Yeah. In. That's yeah. what I believe. Yeah. Okay. I think
2: Arizona, yeah. mini is. I think Colorado's the strongest. And here, here's my approach to it. And I, I look at those three teams. Which team do I want to watch the most? Well, I want to see. McKinnon, Scott Ranton and Minnesota. Yeah. Arizona. Like mm. yeah, Ekman Lars, but no. It's yep. uh, you know.
1: I give Arizona full marks for hanging in there. Absolutely. The injuries, the injury injuries they had have been incredible. But uh, I think, and you know, at the end of the day, I don't know if they uh, if they're able to.
3: They to they hang they, in there. they started to lose a little bit last week after going on a real long stretch, and I think it's just gotten to be too much for
1: them. Okay. So we kind of all agree, Colorado. The way it sits right now, March 26th, is the way it's going to sit come April 6. Let's
2: not forget about Chicago. Chicago yeah. plays Arizona and can pull to within a point. We're talking, you know, they just two points beat Colorado.
3: Yeah. Five, points back.
0: They're they're five, five, five points back five out back five out was
3: seven
1: right to go no chance yeah I it's think gonna be toast.
0: Tough. but but I think Shane, it is worth looking at who are these teams playing down the stretch and you know you mentioned with uh with Arizona you've got Chicago uh here on the the 26th then they've got Colorado on the 29th yeah. and then Minnesota And then Kings, Golden Knights, and Jets to finish out the season. So there's at least a window there. And remember, there was a point where they had closed to within four points of the Golden Knights. They have slagged a little bit since then. Perhaps now that their mini slump is perhaps behind them, maybe they can go on a surge here. And if they win these three games against teams that are also competing with them, well, hey, watch out. Meanwhile, the Colorado Avalanche, given the the high-flying offensive success that they've had and should continue to have, they, they just seem to be underachieving given the, the kind of talent that they have on their roster.
3: Just, Chicago just has to climb so many teams. That's yeah. Big no, big I big big it,
0: no, I don't think Chicago's it, but I think that between Arizona, Colorado. They have a
3: game in hand on
2: Arizona is what I'm saying. They have two yeah. in Minnesota. They have a game on Colorado. They win tonight. Yeah. They've got 78 Jim. points. Three back. Yep. Same game. No,
1: not impossible. Yep. Yep. Uh, let me ask you this because we were in St. Louis last night. Are the Blues
2: the best team in the Central
1: Division?
3: And they're the scariest.
2: Best team I've seen in the new year, without question. I think the St. Louis Blues, their structure, their depth. Uh, can. Well, the big question, Jordan Binnington, you know, possible Rookie of the Year candidate now after just, you know, half a season, but he plays like that. You know, difference in last night's game? Goaltending. Subban oh wasn't bad, but that was the difference. Bennington uh, was that good, and uh, he has been. So this team is full of confidence Uh, They play a hard game. Craig Berube's got them playing very similar style to the Golden Knights, very aggressive, very upbeat, very hard, rolls four lines. Uh, Yeah, they're, to me, the best uh, I've seen in the Central in the new year.
0: And and just talking with David Alexander, the goalie coach for the St. Louis Blues, the word on Bennington having not been ready. He had come on in relief earlier in the season, didn't think he was quite there yet. He had one NHL game years ago, and when he was backing up earlier this season, they – said no he's not ready they sent him back down and he was not happy about it proceeded to win the AHL player of the week eventually they brought him back up had a shutout won his first three games and then kind of went win loss win loss then won nine in a row and now he's won five in a row he has 21 wins since this obvious since January 5th when he came up that's 21 wins in 26 games five shutouts I mean, five shutouts. His goals
1: against average is one point eight. Yeah, he's, you know, and he's one of those guys. And we kind of told the story last night, but they didn't have an affiliate last year, right? Because the Golden Knights took theirs, right? Sorry, the the Wolves is the way it goes. So they were kind of (laughs) of loaning players, loaning players to Chicago and San San Antonio. They didn't have any place to foot put. Bennington, the Providence Bruins needed the goalie because somebody grabbed Malcolm Subban off waivers, right? The Golden Knights. And yep. they face off against each other last night. But it's a fantastic story. You know, we were talking about it. They make the coaching change with Baruby. The first two games against the Golden Knights, Mike Yell was still the coach. That's how long ago that was, earlier this season. They bring in Baruby. It didn't happen right away. They were a 500 team for 30 games. And then they won their last game before the bye, and they ripped off another 10 after that. That's when they really... But they had they had brought up Minnington. He had, they, you know, they had Chad Johnson and Jake Allen before that. And it just... Not to put it all on them, but it wasn't getting it done. They bring in Bennington, and he's out of nowhere. I mean, I think a lot of people think that Elias Petterson's probably going to win the Calder, and that's fair enough. But if he's not a finalist along
0: with Rasmus Dahlin, then I don't know what they're watching. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, think about when he came up, his first start, January 7th, the, the, the Blues were at 36 points, worst in the Western Conference, One point out of last in the league. Only Ottawa was worse than St. Louis at that point. And then the other thing that we brought up during the broadcast, Gary, who's your best penalty killer? Your goalie. Last night, the Knights happened to score a power play goal. But the Blues had given up three power play goals in the last 20 games. Not 20 chances, three power play goals in the previous 20 games. They went from 22nd to 6th since Bennington had joined the team. So you talk about the different ways where your team can find ways to win, and and obviously uh, this surge for the Blues doesn't quite happen with the same flash without Jordan Bennington. All
1: right, the Eastern Conference. (laughs) The Columbus Blue Jackets. Is too much change too much change? Seems to be. Sure does. That
2: seems to be the problem.
1: As we sit here right now, they're two points out. Carolina's going to make it. Carolina's got a five-point cushion with seven to go. They have surged. They have surged. <laughs> the other night they were doing the basketball celebration oh, and whatever. You know, and <laughs> we can debate that long into the night. Carolina's is going to make it Columbus with all those changes before the deadline, and they they were all in. Right, they're two points. Out. And
2: I still don't blame uh, Kekalinen for that at all. No, he has to. Right? He's done everything I, I give him could. credit for what yeah. he did.
3: Yeah, he went and got two guys to play on the perimeter, though.
2: Yeah, I don't. The Shane one may be the one that hurts.
3: I saw, talked to a pro scout last night when we were in St. Louis, who works for another team, and he said, and I said, uh, I was asking him questions all around the league, and I said, what about Columbus? He goes, oh, I just watched them play the other night. Cause yeah, they had a million shots. They were all from the outside. He said they just. He said it was just weird to watch them play. They didn't look like a Tortorella team. And remember the last time we saw them, that Josh Whoa. Anderson line. You were like, wow, they were you know driving the net and tough uh, to play against. They were tough to play against. And this this pro scout said, and hey, you know it was one game, but that's what you see. That's what you see. A little he bit. He said uh, they 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 don't play the way they used to. play. I still like to see them
2: get in just so they can see Tappa because they, if they're a team and they just coming off, they were having trouble scoring. They had a big breakout against Vancouver. Maybe that's what they needed to yeah. kind of get them going.
1: So Montreal, second wildcard team right now. Columbus, two points back. Flyers, are they're pretty much toast. They put on a great run, but they're eight out with six to go. That's, that's too many points. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that you know that could come down to the wire, that final wild, and, and both conferences could come down to the final, the final day uh, of the season. But as we sit here right now, Columbus is out. Um, is there a team that is? Do we agree is St. Louis? I don't want to say they're not a low seed at all. I mean they're tied for second in the in the West in the um, Central with with Nashville. But are they kind of? Who's the most dangerous team? It, it let's we can have the Golden Knights in the equation or out of the equation. But what team? Is it St. Louis? Is Is it low seed? Well, I mean. Like, I
2: would say Carolina. If Washington's going to face them as it's matched up right now. Yeah. That'd be tough.
1: Yeah. Not much. You know, no no pressure at all. No pressure. Nothing to lose. Just play. Which they pretty much done all season long under Rod Brindamore. Yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a story.
3: I don't think we should take Vegas out of the equation because
1: – I think absolutely. I agree. The with West, to me, yeah.
3: uh, Vegas and St. Louis are the most dangerous teams, in the, the two three-seeds – are the, the pair of three-seeds are both very scary if you're uh, – you're, you're, you got to get out of your division, right? And if you're Winnipeg and Nashville – you're thinking so. Winnipeg's going to get; uh, they're probably going to win the Central, and they're going to play a wild card team. Nashville's going to get going to draw St. Louis in the first round. Go ahead, Shane.
2: Well, and and Winnipeg right now would match up against a team I should say is scary that just spanked Winnipeg last night. The Dallas, Dallas Stars, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. I'll tell you what. And. <laughs>
2: That's why playoffs are great.
3: Well, and so let's get to playoff format for a second because everyone was, a month ago, was just screaming, oh, uh, the format's terrible, format's terrible. Looks pretty good right now. Not me. I have been saying all year and going back to last
0: year, Shut up, all Yeah. This is great. It is. Because it might not be equitable. It might not be fair. But a lot of the conversations we've been having all year about wild card positioning, races within the division, none of it would happen if you were to do a straight one through eight. And then some people straight one through 16, which is ridiculous. So I have been lauding the current yeah. format. And here we are down the stretch. And this is exactly why.
3: Well, it's just like the NFL, right? You play, like they, you play, in, your, you play in your division and then... And then and then your conference, and it's uh, you, you have those games all year long. Those division games yeah. are massively important. And fans in Vegas who are new to this already, they know when we play Calgary or San Jose or L.A. That is really, really important for.
0: These races. and if you listen to Drew Dowdy, he's taking shots at pretty much everybody within the Pacific <laughs> Division. Last year, it was the
3: Golden yeah, Knights he's, now it's be Calgary careful. and careful. San Jose. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I you know what? It,
2: I guess I don't maybe think as deep as Dan. Dan's very happy with it, and the way he's moving his hands, I'm scared to argue. <laughs> That's right uh, about the playoff format. But that said, you, you, my perspective: you got to beat everybody to get to the win, anyway. So if you want to hold hoist that cup at the end. You've got to beat everybody and anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I just think that the the conversations we're having now, the interest in not just the division races, the wild card races, it's not as simple as, at, you know, are you going to be eighth or ninth? There's so much in terms of possibility that is still left to be decided, and that keeps it interesting. We're not just – like, frankly, and I love baseball. You go down the stretch in Major League Baseball – a lot of races are
3: decided in June and July. Who cares? Keith Yandel is quoted as saying yesterday that he thinks the top seed should get to pick its opponent. Imagine that. Last year, the LA Kings picked the Vegas Golden Knights. They played their backup goalie on the last game of the season, and they were trailing. They need If they had got a point, they would have moved up. They didn't pull their goalie. They, they made it plain as day that they would prefer to play Vegas over other teams in the Pacific and that's what they got <laughs> talk about giving fuel to the right. opponent yes <laughs> well, that's, well, can you imagine can you imagine material. coming out hi I'm Shane Knighty and we select the da 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 and then the guys in that other room oh, I'd rather be on the other team that yeah exactly they, they got selected. you're no picking us we're yeah. gonna shove it down your Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I understand where Yandel's coming from because if, regardless of the season long standings, you might see one team that has slumped big time or maybe has lost a star player. They're not where they were but at the same time I, I agree with you, Shane. I, I I think that uh, that could cause more problems than solutions. It's
1: not like it's not completely like the old days of the Adams, the Smythe Division, the Norris. You know, but yeah. it's pretty close.
3: Pretty close. Well, well, it was I literally
1: it's, the top four It's about as good as you're going to get, right? With basically it's the top three in each division and the two best records. Right. So and, the has, and where's
3: the whining coming out? If it's coming out of Toronto, okay?
1: Right. because we so, have to play Boston again. <laughs>
3: hey, the Toronto! If you like, first of all, they're third in their division, like.
0: Right. <laughs> play better.
3: You shouldn't, get, you shouldn't have an easy route. You're third.
0: Right. Yeah. Nope. And they'll play the Bruins in the way things are going. You'd expect the Bruins to, to win that series. But They had the, a heck of a series last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven and, yeah you don't know. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then the right to play Tampa Bay, presumably in the second round. We had talked about this on a recent podcast. That second round series, to me, could be the hardest of the entire postseason for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, of course, they have to get there first.
3: It gets to be a dangerous conversation when uh, like th- the Toronto Maple Leafs are owned by Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, which they two of, and two of their partners are Bell Media and Rogers Media. And that you know, they have a lot to gain if the Toronto Maple Leafs stay alive. TV ratings are stronger. Advertising dollars are stronger and on and on and on you got to be careful about uh, the competitive integrity of the National Hockey League when you're talking about two global media giants wanting to get their way.
1: All right, time for the mailbag here on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Hashtag SLGND, and it's brought to you by our great friends at the D-Hotel, the official downtown hotel of the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: What do the people want to know about this time around, Dan? Well, Dave, uh, more people are jamming in because we're not only taking questions from Twitter, but Instagram as well so let's start with instagram and here is johan from instagram who asks how will mark stone's 76 million dollar contract affect signing william carlson this offseason gary lawless this is a gary specialty right yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go yep. so like for the, big we,
3: we don't know what the cap's going to be but the, the talk is it's going to be around 83 million and uh, vegas will be pretty close to that with uh, the players that they already have uh, committed to that they already have under contract for next season so I think it's 11 forwards six defensemen and one goalie uh, Mark-Andre Fleury his new contract kicks in next year Malcolm Subban is going to be a restricted free agent so and there's some important guys that need to get signed William Carlson uh, is mentioned Pierre-Edouard Belmar Derek England uh, these are some key guys that uh, uh, George McPhee is going to have to make some decisions on so how does it affect William Carlson I think William Carlson is gonna get the contract that he deserves, and uh, there'll be some movement in some other places. Now, you know they, they still they still I believe have David Clarkson on for yeah. one more year, uh, but that money comes they claw some of that back when they put him on uh, on LTI long term injury. So uh, lots of moving parts, and they would have uh, obviously had these discussions amongst themselves. When they were uh, trying to get Mark Stone, because one of the factors in completing that deal was George McPhee wasn't going to trade Eric Branstrom unless he knew he could get Mark Stone on an extension, and I, I don't think that uh, any of us would argue that uh, it's like it's it's fair value. It's what Mark Stone is worth. So um, uh, there's going to be some shuffling of the deck, without question. Uh, you know that, and there's. Could they trade a trade a player in a contract? Absolutely. Lots of things can happen. That's just life in the NHL, right? Yeah. You know what I
2: mean? I, I fully expect it to get done. They'll, yeah, they'll, they'll, find, get done. they'll find a way to make yeah. room for William
1: Carlson. Would he get the same money he's making this year just for a longer be very term? Similar. Uh five point two?
3: Yeah, you know. Between so that five to six, that range. money's interesting because I think his contract, his salary is four point seven five, and then there's about five hundred thousand in in signing bonus in that. So uh, the qualifying offer would start off at the four point seven five, yeah. so and not the not the five point two five, which is an important factor for for Andrew Laguerner when he gets to. To start building a brief in case there is an arbitration hearing, but I expect that they will actually they'll they'll do an extension for Carlson and I, you know I think they offered him uh, you know the the reports are they offered him around five million for eight years last year which was very the same money as Riley Smith and Jonathan Marshall which are his line mates and to his credit he sort of said. You know, I just scored forty-three. If I sign, if I score forty-three again next year, that's a massive underpay. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna play again. And uh, what, what's he at right now in terms of goals? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah. So and we figured
2: he'd be twenty-five goal guy. Then that falls right in yeah. with his line mates. There you right. go. And so it's,
0: it's still a lot more than the fifteen career goals he had prior to last season. So yeah, I think yeah. It, it, it is kind of in that uh, that middle.
2: He's yeah. a restricted
1: free agent, right? Yeah. Belmar and. England are unrestricted. Yep. Subban's restricted. Yep. They do also lose $2 million. Uh, Derek Yeah, that comes off yep. their cap uh, after this year. So, uh, yeah, still lots to be decided there, but you've got to figure they would figure a way to, to get that done.
0: Next question also from Instagram, guys. This is from Matthew Lopez who asks, Who is the most improved Vegas Golden Knights player this season? Former player Shane Knighty.
2: There's been a lot of guys that have played really well, but I, I ain't gonna go with John Merrill. I just I think, you know, confidence is key for a player, and I think he's really developed that this year. And you know, and a lot of that is playing, getting in routine, getting that that opportunity. Uh, he, he's been actually, you know, Brian Reeves could be an argument, Cody Eakin could be another one, uh, but I just think John Merrill's maybe taking the biggest steps. Uh, forward in his play, which uh, he, he's played himself into a regular position, which he hasn't. And a credit to him because it's not easy sitting out the amount of time he is keeping, you know, trying to keep positive uh, and, and stay with it. But he, he did, and he's coming in. And he's been excellent this year. But there's a lot, there's some other candidates as well.
0: Well, That's- you think about this, guys. Last regular season, he played only 34 regular season games, an additional eight in the playoffs. And in the regular season this year, he's played 52. So he, just in terms of trust, we talked earlier about, you know, Brad Hunt was expendable because of the way that John Merrill stepped into that role. And John has been in the lineup over Holden, over Miller at different points this year. I'd have to sign with you, Shane. I'd say John Merrill is my guy. He played most of the
1: first month. He did. And then he played one game in a month, right around between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Came back and played most of them from the end of January, right around um, the last game before the bye. He's played every game but one. He, they, he was the odd guy out in, in San Jose recently. But other than that, he's been in there, you know, for the most part since they
0: came back from the break. And recently played his 300th career game.
3: I'm just about to get to that because 300 games is the number that coaches and general managers will use when they're talking about a defenseman. You don't really know what a player is going to be on the blue line, until he's played 300 games. And then they've started to figure out what they can do, what they can't do. They know the league. They know the personnel. All of these things start to factor in, and John Merrill, I think, is just coming into his own, and uh, uh, th- there could be mo- even more improvement for him down the road. I would say it's hard to say Cody Eakin improved, yeah,
2: but... He's been pretty steady. He's
3: been pretty steady been pr- this year. He's improved right? so, offensively. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. I, 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 I I guess I wouldn't say improved because, you know, he's had 19 goal seasons in the past and he's been a, he's, I I think this is what he's done. He's gotten back to where he was prior to that knee injury that kind of kept him slow last year until the late in the season in the playoffs. And he's just stayed steady ever since then.
0: He has. and, And I think that when it comes to Cody Eakin, he did play an 80 out of 82 last regular season and then all 20 playoff games. This year, uh, you know, with just a handful missed, I mean, he has career highs in multiple categories offensively, but when it comes to anchoring that third line, and then at one stage where he had moved up and was centering the second line, I think that there's been that expectation of Cody Eakin to really solidify things whichever line he's on and I'm not sure you had that same expectation from Cody last season
1: I forget he missed the first three games this year yeah i would forgotten all about that then he missed a game um middle of January but the other guy I'd throw in the mix and but injuries have taken some of that out of it is Will Carrier Eight goals, led the league in hits for the longest time. Reeves went by him. Um, But, you know, if Ryan Reeves ends up with 10 goals this year, did anybody see that coming? I mean, he leads the league in hits. He could end up with 10 goals. Carey, has got eight goals, both career highs. But,
0: yeah, Merrill, I think, um, you know, of all those guys in the mix, pretty much takes the kick. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Let's go to a a Twitter question here, guys. This is from Talia Fujihara, who asks, does home ice advantage mean anything when we know how – we can play against the sharks in their territory
1: it means a lot especially considering how good they are at home and the the, the fan experience at t mobile is the best in the league it means a lot but it doesn't mean everything and if you're going to win in the playoffs you have to figure a way to get some wins on the road and they won some you know they won series on the road last year they won games overtime game that game at san jose they won last year um you know, they close out Winnipeg in a game five. It means a lot, especially for them. But, you know, they're not going to have it you know, unless something changes dramatically. They're not going to have home ice, so they're going to have to figure it out.
3: One of my favorite things about Gerard Gallant as a coach is he never, um, he never builds crutches for his players. Nope. And, uh, uh, oh, back-to-back? I love a back-to-back. I think it's great. I think it's really fun. And that's the mindset of the Golden Knights. And uh, home or away, exact same thing. Shane won a Stanley Cup, at Game Seven uh, on the road—it's it, these things. It, 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 it can be a positive for sure. You get the last change, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not something that uh, if you are going to stand here uh, on uh, March 26th and say, "Oh, we're not—we're not, we're not going to win the Stanley Cup because we're not going to have home ice <laughs> advantage." Well, then. <laughs> You're in the wrong business. Right. You know, right. and, and I
0: also look at it from this standpoint, especially with the Winnipeg series last year, it seems there's more pressure on the home team at the beginning Absolutely. of the series. Yeah. Right? So it worked out for the Knights early in the series against the Kings to win at home, the Sharks at home. But then when you go on the road, and, and then the, the road team is expected to lose. So when the Knights manage to win game two in Winnipeg, then all of a sudden
3: you're it's coming back
0: home. Yeah. You know, things are going in your favor. The thing that the Knights did not experience last year was a Game 7. There were no Game 7s. And that's, to me, where a home ice advantage really comes into play. You talk about the last change and everything, but when your back is against the wall, there is no tomorrow. Game Game 7 is Game 7, and that's where you'd love to have home ice. But the Knights didn't go to a Game 7 in any of their four series last year.
1: And that can work both ways.
2: I've seen teams come out. Game 7s, they say, is the least home uh, ice advantage
1: I've seen games come out tight as teams come out tight as hell in games. We're game just talking about
0: Boston, Vancouver.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean that game, Shane. You were the. I mean, that 2011. The Bruins won four nothing in Game Seven to win the cup in Vancouver. It could have been seven nothing. That's how dominant they were in that game. So,
3: and the home ice is a, is a different thing from franchise to franchise. You just mentioned Winnipeg. If Winnipeg loses, if if they don't go win the Stanley Cup this year, there's going to be. Uh, it's the owner's fault. Fire the GM. This coach can't do it. Blake Wheeler makes too There's much some money. Pressure. Like it, it'll be insane in that town. And and that it's palpable. It's not like that. It's not that way in Vegas.
1: The last 3 Stanley Cups have all been won on the road. Pittsburgh won in San Jose in 2016, they won in Nashville in 2017 and I'm drawing a blank on what happened last year. <laughs> Somebody in the desert. But, yeah. you know, they, yeah. Vegas had a home ice advantage, but I'm saying the clinching game. Right.
0: Last three years, that cup's been raised on the road. Yeah, all four series the Knights played were uh, clinched uh, with the home team uh, losing.
3: Are you a play-by-play guy? Like, that's a a nice little... They both are. It's embedded in the That's a A nice little factoid to pull out on the fly. All sorts
0: of meaningless information floating around in there. Let's get one more question in from Twitter, guys. This is from Rocky, who asks, Is wearing a suit before a game a longtime tradition in hockey? Everyone looks so spiffy, but I can't imagine why you'd go into an arena looking good only to change into hockey gear. (laughs) Shane, you've had some experience. <laughs> yes, with this. it's
2: a long, it's a, absolutely it's a tradition with hockey. It's about looking good, looking professional, looking you know. It's a business meeting. It is. You're you're prepared. It, it, it's been there, I guess. I you know, long before me. I like the look. You know, sometimes and and it varies team to team. Ties. Some guys have ties, but usually, you know, it's a suit. Look nice. Uh, look like you're professional, like you're, you're you know a professional person going to to your job, and yeah, you change, but whatever. And guys like to compete like that. And who's the best dressed, worst dressed? That's absolutely it. To me, you it's know, the
0: competition. Whether it's the NHL yeah. or even in the minor leagues, guys will get on each other for you know how well you're dressed, and and on and on and on and on. But also, when you say that you know you're coming into uh, an arena just to change into hockey gear when are the cameras on the players as they arrive, yeah. right? They're getting off the bus. Yeah. That's when, you know, the live look-in on the TV broadcast, and they know that they're being seen. Uh, and, you know,
3: and
2: it's known with players? hockey players. Hockey players are known to dress like that, right? It's you We know, were
3: in the hotel. Uh,
2: so other sports that are known for other dress. Where
3: the heck were we yesterday? We were in St. Louis, yes. And I was sitting in the lobby, and there was a gentleman there, and he was watching the players all... They came down to the elevator. They went in for their meal, and then they went back to the other elevator to go down for the bus. And he said, "And he, I had my suit on and my Golden Knights pin." And he goes, uh, "I really like the way your guys uh, are dressed." He goes, "This really is." Turns out he was a Canadian guy. He was a guy from Ottawa, and uh, it uh, it it's become sort of a, it's a reputation thing for hockey that that's the way they operate and. Uh, uh, I, I kind of like
0: it. Uh, so do I. It's it just like if you were giving advice to a young person, if you're going for a job interview, present yourself, you know, with uh whether with a, with a tie
3: or. Mm. Don't know. wear a Syracuse sweatshirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get more of a kick out of
1: when we fly out and we go to the airport and the guys wear suits <laughs> to the plane and they're five steps on the plane and they're in like, you know, their casual short, you know, t-shirt and shorts. I, I like that. I will tell you this. So we're staying at a very nice hotel in Denver. There's an NBA team that's staying here as well. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. But it's not its not unique to the Pistons. I think it's part of the NBA. Yeah. You ever see NBA guys go to a game? They look like yeah. they're dressed to go to the mall or a cookout. Hoodies, sweatshirts, baggy jeans. Yep. Like, like, what? Come on. Like... You make are making a pretty but, but good but it, wage. You could throw a suit on. Goes with the culture of the I league, know it right? Does. So just like the. But NHL. let's let's uh, let's pick up the effort here. We'd like to, if we could, maybe talk to uh, maybe with the Pistons people down when we're done here. <laughs> just, <pass> that Oh, <laughs> yeah. that, that, uh,
3: well, we,
2: we've got Bill Lambert. I remember we Washington Bill now. Now. When we, when I was oh, Actually, yeah. when I was in Atlanta, we did an, uh, an event with uh, the Hawks, and I remember, and they they were shocked to hear you guys have to wear suits to every like they couldn't. Yeah, like, oh. but that's just you know that's you know and I said I this I grew up with this they grew
3: up with that so it,
0: and it's it, not just the NHL no, it's the American League it's the ECHL yeah, yeah, it's and all through hockey junior, it's that sport. majorly baseball
3: players they show up in uh, oh, yeah. in shorts and a polo it's yeah. not uh, there but you now they arrive at the ballpark all at different times and that's uh, it, ho- hockey it's pretty regimented right on the road you're on the team bus it goes at a certain hockey's
2: time. more of a team because mm-hmm. the guys are together more. Baseball, you got guys flying in, out, you know, yeah, different You got times. pitchers, you got hitters. NBA, they schedule. all have their own people worthing, and then football is such a yeah, massive group. It's an
0: entourage. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's different, but I, I I'm with you. I like it, and it's uh, it's just part of the culture, and I think that. We all have to wear suits too.
1: That's right. <laughs> Hockey's the way to do it. We try to keep up with the sheriff's costumes. Oh, that's so it's hard not to do. easy whatsoever. So, is that it for the question? The, that, that, improving. That, that's that's, that's it uh, for the podcast. That's a wrap, yeah. That's it for the podcast too and the question. So, all right, one final reminder: Mark andre Fleury signed jersey. Here's how you can win it. Go on to well, find us. You search Vegas Golden Knights or SLGNT, uh, SLGND, as in Dave or Dan, on iTunes. Rate and review, and then write a review. We're going to pick at random. We'll, we will find you. We'll reach out to you. We're going to pick a winner at random. You have to write a review of the podcast. We say hopefully it's a good one, but even if you think we're not very good, we'll take that into consideration. But <laughs> someone's going to win a Mark andre Fleury signed jersey.
2: Well, I'm looking for it now. I think we've got to start getting our own swag to send out uh, some. We need NFL T-shirts. For the, logo. and, yeah. and the logo's sharp. Next, for next podcast, let's have the viewers, people write in. Let us know uh, if you'd be interested in uh, from some swag of uh, – you're talking. Uh, get uh, maybe we could get uh, our creative director. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know either. Somebody's got. I'll a help design that. something have cool. We have a logo. Oh, I'll be like like the, the style You uh, got a logo, yeah.
1: On the situation there, we've so seen that. Anyways,
2: all right. right come on. for uh, everybody's listening to this one. Let us know before the next. We'll one. We'll get
1: some t-shirts made up between now and the next one. Well, that Italy, was fun. A little trial. That was See great. You next so. Gary, what's good here? Off-day podcast in in Denver. The the Sheriff is going over to the University of Denver for practice today. Some some of us are. Some of us are not. But anyway, that's the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Hashtag SLGND. Don't miss your chance to win a Mark andre Fleury signed jersey. But that'll do it. We'll talk to you next time. The Golden Knights are on the verge of clinching a playoff spot. And we'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast.